Hello, well, isn't this a thing? Here we are for yet another episode of On The Left Side, a different type of football podcast. Just doing our thing, taking a sideways look at the world of football with not a hint of a stat or a glimpse of a slow-motion replay. Sit back, have a brew. We're going to go into the biggest and best stories from this footballing week. If there's one thing that any teenage boy whose mother has joined Facebook knows, it's old people and social media don't mix. No one wants to be poked by dear old mum whilst you're trying to favourite the holiday snaps of the lass who sits next to you in double maths. But if only West Ham had learnt the same lesson because they are still letting David Gold roam free on Twitter. It was in the summer that DG posted a picture of Angelo Ogbonna when announcing the signing of a completely different Italian player, Pedro Obiang. Only a few weeks later, to actually sign Ogbonna for 10 million quid, making it the most expensive alibi building exercise since the OJ Simpson trial. But they didn't learn their lesson there. And now the West Ham joint chairman has landed himself in it again. This time retweeting this tweet from Twitter user Jack Mate. Dear at David Gold, you are turning this good club into a great club. Thank you. So do the right thing and f*** off Carl Jenkinson. He's that a shit. Lovely. What we've learned there are two things. One, make sure you read a whole tweet before hitting the RT button. And secondly, if you're going to insult someone or say something negative, use the old sandwich technique. Make sure you put the bad stuff next to some good stuff and no one will notice it. For example, I'd say, your hair looks nice today. I murdered your entire family and ran over your cat last night. Are you using a new moisturiser? See, the negative goes unnoticed. Anyway, it's a bit embarrassing. Your chairman essentially telling one of your players to f*** off. But the real kicker here is that the Manchester City game could have been Jenkinson's very last of the season and probably his last on loan as a West Ham player as now he faces a lengthy spell on the treatment table. Presumably with severely hurt feelings. Ah, diddums. Weird rumour of the week this week goes to Daniel Sturridge. The whispers on social media have been suggesting that the England striker's lengthy layoff is nothing to do with his hamstring made of dried noodles, but rather his religious beliefs. Various sources claim that Daniel doesn't want to play football for Liverpool because he thinks it'll make God angry. No, Daniel! I will smite thee! The logical conclusion of that is that God is in fact an Everton fan, which is weird, because I always thought he'd be a West Ham fan. After all, they signed Victor Moses. (laughs) Meanwhile, on the pitch, it's two steps forward and one step back for the Reds. They've managed to work their way into the final of the League Cup, but that also means their depleted team has even more fixtures to work through. It's a weird one, the League Cup, or the Worthington Cup, or the Capital Cup, or the Carling Cup, or whatever it is called nowadays. It's the trophy that no one wants to win until you get to the final. It's the one competition that always, without fail, throws up that cliche phrase, we can concentrate on the league, when your team gets drummed 4-0 at Colchester United on a wet Sunday. But now Klopp and Co are into the final two so they can pretend that they wanted to win it all along. And I, for one, hope it works out. Look how excited Jurgen Klopp got when his team beat Norwich in the League Cup. The man broke his glasses. Imagine if they win a trophy. 
I'm pretty sure his head would explode. (laughs) But that doesn't gloss over the ongoing injury problems and as another FA Cup replay got chalked up onto the fixture list this weekend, Klopp has a genius solution to coping with the added game pile-up. You've got so many games now coming up in February. Does this affect your plans on transfer deadline day? We buy a team for the rematch. Only 10 players or 11 and then we send them away again. Boom, that's the answer. A different 11 players for every single game you play in the League and Cup. Although I'm pretty sure Man City have been trying to do that for the last three seasons. But what about former Liverpool boss Brendan Rodgers? The deluded one has finished his self-imposed media ban and is now appearing on every vaguely related football programme he can find. But is he ready for a return to football management? Maybe he fancies the United job with LVG's future as shaky as ever. Well, I've got five emails here. People saying, get Brendan down these lengths road to Old Trafford. I think when you manage Liverpool, that Manchester United job's gone. Fantastic. Well, I'm sure the United board are gutted to hear that. Back to the drawing board eh, guys. I didn't realise this was a thing. I didn't realise you had to rule yourself out of jobs that you had absolutely no chance of getting. But with that in mind, I'd like to rule myself out of the United job too. And the FIFA presidency while we're at it. And the president of the United States for that matter. Although, come to think of it, I'd take Brendan Rodgers in that job over Donald Trump any day of the week. It's my pleasure to be here today to introduce to you uh, Brendan Rodgers. maybe a once in a lifetime opportunity. I'm very blessed and privileged to do the jobs. By the time this podcast reaches your ears, the transfer window will no doubt have slammed shut. Roman Abramovich has popped his checkbook back into his pocket and hundreds of frostbitten sports journalists have retreated from the dark gates of training grounds up and down the country. One of the potentially more entertaining pieces of news from this crazy January was Emmanuel Adebayor returning to English football and signing to Crystal Palace with a match made in heaven, Adebayor and Alan Pardew. The pair are alarmingly similar. Both seem to get off to a flyer when they join a club before eventually leaving under a bit of a cloud. Both have a healthy dislike of Arsene Wenger and both give the least fucks out of anyone in football. It's going to be an interesting few months. It didn't take long for the former Spurs City and Arsenal man to cause mild offence to his new supporters after claiming he had absolutely no idea who Palace were and that he had to Google the club to find out. I'm going to try that in my next job interview. So, Mr. Salverson, why do you want to work for this company? Uh, because I like your logo? One man who won't be too disappointed at the end of the transfer window is Big Sam Allardyce. The Sunderland man in Keeping Sunderland Up looks like he may have bitten off more than he can chew, which is probably quite a lot, I can imagine, but he is still trying to find players to help him do his job. But Big Sam says the transfer frenzy has been playing havoc with his TV viewing. He says his evenings have been ruined as he swapped his usual diet of Coronation Street and EastEnders for DVDs of potential new players. If he's watching football DVDs instead of EastEnders and Corrie, let's just hope he doesn't get the two mixed up. That said, I think even Doc Cotton and Fred Elliott up front would do a better job for the Black Cats than the current team. He's wandering around looking as if he's lost a prime fillet and found a chipolata. 
Here's a few things I've learnt this season. One, never lend money to an elderly Swiss gentleman. Two, calling yourself the special one when you can't win a game begins to look a bit stupid. And three, footballers and geography don't mix. Back in October of last year, when Northern Ireland secured their spot in the European Championships, Kyle Lafferty was asked who he fancied facing in the tournament, and he said this. Have you had any early thoughts about who you'd like to get in the draw for the European Championships? For me, I think if we got Argentina, it would be like unbelievable, but, uh, or even Brazil. Like. Yep, Brazil, that famous European country sandwiched somewhere between Germany and Argentina. Well, Marion Fellaini has done no better. In fact, he's made the Irish striker look like Stephen Hawking with his latest gaffe. When talking about the United's FA Cup clash with Derby, the professional toilet brush lookalike said... The next game is to uh, be a tough game in Derby country. Hang on, Marion. Did you just say Derby country? In Derby country. Thought so. What a country. There you go, United. If you want to get rid of Marion, just sort him out a transfer to Wickham Wanderers, who'll probably think it's an international call-up. And voila, we are done. On the Left Side wrapped up for another week. If you're not following us on social media, then head to On the Left Side on Twitter and On the Left Side Pod on Facebook for a whole load of extra football-related goodness. I'm off to rule myself out of the job as the new CEO of Google, the head of the Bank of England and the winner of FHM's High Street Honey Award, because that's full-time. Bye. On the Left Side is a Paint Your Headphones production, you numpty, and was written and produced by Ankin Lee and who? Jim Salverson. I had him in the back of me cab the other day. Wacker. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do. Yeah. Ah, Daniel, thou shalt not play football. <laughs>